Greetings and welcome back to TanakhStudy.com. My name is Yitzchak Yat Shalom and it's my honor to be studying Sefer Divrei Hayamim with you. Uh, in this podcast we have a very short parak detailing the career of Yotam. If you recall from the previous parak, Uziyahu at some point in his life, according to Seder Olam, it was with 25 years left to go in his kingdom, but uh, the text is not clear as to at what point, but Uziyahu became afflicted with Tzarat for his violation of the Mikdash and his desire to light the Torah, and uh, spent the rest of his life in Beit HaChofshit, outside of the city, and the government was run by his son Yotam. That makes the first and uh, second to last pasuk in the parak, in this very short parak, kind of difficult to uh, interpret. But here we go, parak, I mean, bet parak chaf zayin. He was 25 years when he took over. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean that he was 25 years old when his father finally died? Uh, and that means that uh, that his father had basically had never met his father? Well, that would be very difficult, because at least according to Seder Olam, that would mean he was born when his father became a Mitzorah, and how could he have taken over and run things? Um, does it mean <coughs> that... Uh, that he was 25 when his father became afflicted, and at that point he ran things. Then what do we do with the next half? He ruled for 16 years. Now this is the normal biographical sketch of all the kings, how old they were when they took over, how long they ruled, and who the mother is. But here it's a little difficult to figure out where are these 16 years. Did he take over at 25 and rule for a number of years while his father wasn't king, and then the 16 years are after his father died, which means he was significantly more than 41 when he died, and there's a gap between these 25 and the 16. It's a little unclear. He walked straight in the eyes of God, just like his father did. Now remember, Uziahu from the beginning had a very strong and aggressive domestic campaign of building, uh, also on the military front. Um, however, in the middle of his career, at some point, he became haughty, and he wanted to become the Kohen, or act as a Kohen, and that led to his downfall. So when we read that he followed the direction of Uziahu, we could think, well, that doesn't have a good ending. The only thing is, he didn't want walk into the Mikdash. So the simple read of this is, meaning that... <clears throat> He followed his father in every which way, except for coming into the Echa, which means he's perfect. But the rock is a little bit odd, and so that's why some suggest what it means is that he never even came close to the Hechal, and he did not come to the Mikdash environs at all, because that's where his father had died, and so, in a sense, he walked straight in the direction of God, and was followed straight in the eyes of God. On the other hand, he did not have a close relationship with God, because he never came to the Mikdash, perhaps. However, the people continued to pervert their ways, and he was not successful in leading a religious revival. Now, now we go to his uh, building. The upper gate to the Azara, evidently. And he built a lot on the Chomata Ofel. The Ofel is evidently the, the part of the city, which is the ancient Ir David, that wall had been breached. He built it up greatly. He built lots of cities in the, in the mountains of Yehuda. That's the mountains from Yushalayim south. In the uh, cops, 
yeah, copses in the uh, forested areas, Bana, Biraniot, Umigdalim, he built turrets and towers. Again, building up an aggressive military defense inside the country, as his father did. And he fought against Bnei Ammon. If you remember earlier, we had the Ammonim, who were not the Ammonites, but rather some Aravim or Meunim. Uh, here it's the Bnei Ammon that we're familiar with from Jordan. And he beat them. They paid him a tribute of a hundred talents of silver. That's a lot of money. Ten thousand core of wheat. Ten thousand core of barley. That's what the Ammonites gave him as a tribute. The same thing the second year and the third year. And Yotam became strong, and he had prepared his ways in front of Hashem. And that again reflects back at Pasuk Bet about what does it mean that Rak Lova. It can be interpreted both ways, uh, and, and one way would mean that he actually was very close to Hashem, and the one thing he didn't follow of his father was his father's mistake to go into the Kodesh. All the rest of the story of Yotam is written in Sefer Malachim. Here we have something curious in a very short parak, uh, and essentially a repeat of uh, the information in the first half of Pasuk Havzayin, uh, Pasuk Aleph, in the penultimate Pasuk. He was buried properly near David. And that'll take us to the much longer Perak Havchet, which will detail Achaz. Now, Achaz is going to be an important transition because he's going to lead us, his son being Chizkiyahu, to the period with which we're much more familiar, and the period which really, in a sense, is the beginning of the end of Malchut uh, Beit Yehuda uh, and Beit David. Uh, but uh, suffice to say, we'll pick that up in the next podcast. In the meantime, everybody should have a wonderful day.